Coming up on this week's episode, we begin by celebrating our anniversaries, sharing bowling secrets, and taking a streaming service quiz. Then we get into the week's tech news, including the return of the beeper and what Apple's planning to strap to your face. It all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 300! Recorded January 25th, 2021. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this extremely special episode of Don't Panic, uh, our tricentennial. I am Sean Jennings, joined by two perfect bowlers. They always score 300. It's Dan and Colby. Good evening, gentlemen. Nice. In rare form tonight. <laughs> I mean, can, uh, can you believe it? I hope no yeah, one they said it couldn't be done. Me. Well, actually, they said it shouldn't be done, but... <laughs> I was gonna say. Haven't, yeah, haven't there been multiple says, Nobody watches your stuff. Why do you still do it? And my response was, stop doing your point. <laughs> Speaking of bowling, <laughs> I was, I was, I don't know uh, if I still am. I was so that makes good it at gutter bowling, and I would get like all the crazy, like, like off the. Uh, I would, I would always get like a really good shot, and I would always rebound it off the side. Like I spent years honing that skill as a kid, and then at some point, like so many things, like a kid, they're like, oh yeah, like that's just not the way it works anymore. And like all those skills that you thought you had, they're actually useless. And then I, I sucked at bowling so much relative to where I was that uh, it's, bowling's not fun anymore. Or I guess it's fun now because I've gained some distance from it, but. Did, have either you had that experience? Were you like master gutter, or uh, what do they call that? Gutter bowling? Is that what it was called? It's bu- bumper bowling. Bumper bowling. Was what we called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the guardrails, so it didn't go in the gutter. Is it the... Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to be able to do sick BMX it's tricks, like the but only when they were training bowling. wheels on my bike. And as soon as they took it off, I was just a regular bike rider. So, um, no, that's not true. No, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I've always been bad at bowling. Um, I've never been good. Um, but I'm also very impatient when it comes to bowling, where I'll, like, try and have good form for, like, the first couple of boxes. And then after that, I'm like, I'm just going to chuck it down there and see what happens. Yeah. I feel like... Every time I go bowling, I get one But the one, one thing I've always wanted to try and to do, and the you rest guys of seem cool enough that really you've done bad. it, is I know one of the trends now is, like, the cool adult bowling alley with bar. Have you been to one of these places? No. No, I... Don't all bowling alleys have... I should be Bars, more specific. It's not, I, this ain't your grandfather's been, bowling alley. Bowling they, they're rolling out these chains at major here. metropolises of bowling alleys that are like high scale, uh, high end <laughs> upscale, um, fancy cocktails, taste good quality food, um, elegant bowling um, as sort of a, an upscale party spot. Mm. I'm going to see if I can find the name of one. <laughs> elegant. Yeah, me either. Uh, I've I've never been to anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I think this I've begs the real question, though. It. I've never are, done that. Are we uh, are we candle pin bowlers never. or like? I don't know if they did or not. Never. But I feel like growing up, it wasn't a did thing I heard about. In and, it, and then, like high school, college, I started to hear like, oh yeah, like oh. in. Like the Northeast, I think predominantly, right? There's candle pin bowling, and I, I was like, that sounds cool, but I was already like past yeah. past the moment where I would have found out about it, or I would have done it. I learned on candle pin. I did candle pin forever yeah. before I actually did like real legitimate bowling. Is it just smaller? Different. They're, They're not, not curvy. The ball's smaller. The pins are different. They're oh, not a uh, candle. They're not pear shaped. They're like straight almost. Presumably, are they candle shaped pins? <laughs> They're more candle shaped. Yeah, I than guess you can't really fit the all other that bowling pins. They call candle pin bowling. You'd imagine. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I I I feel like for a long time that was the only kind of bowling I had done. Now that I did a, a, a like I spent an abundance of time bowling. By the way, but, I was thinking of Lucky Strike is the is the big know. chain. Um and there's one uh Colby at Fenway. They put one in. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like the closest retail, like the closest thing to my apartment. Well, fancy for me strike. compared to most so bowling alleys fancy, I've been to that hasn't been touched since the eighties. But you know, it's the it's it's nice. <laughs> Have you been to that one, Colby? Yeah, I I have. I have, yeah. I didn't. I didn't think anything of it because it's not really nice. But like, I guess if you think about a, it in terms a, of other a, bowling uh, alleys that you've been to, that here. like that makes <laughs> sense yokel. what they were going for. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure they're. I'm sure whatever they put on the on the the website makes it seem really really fancy. It's like it's like a nice space. It's like a big space, but it's still like garbage food so it's Colby, like, when i say fancy you know, bowling alley are you thinking of like the bowling alley at the white house or something is that like what what would fancy bowling <laughs> then beer. be well <laughs> i was imagining like <laughs> i was imagining you get you get a lane by yourself and there's a bar next to the lane it's like a private bar so you get your own bartender next to the bowling lane Wait, at most, bo- at most then, bowling alleys do you get a I don't, I don't know what else would be fancy about it. Because that would be the real game changer in, from my memory. Like, it sucks to go get up, um, go to the bar, I, order food, tell them where your table is. The real luxury would be having a waiter. That's that's true. I think, so, if they, there's ever a time where we can see people again in <laughs> the bowling alley that I'm thinking about, in my head has not gone out of business. Um, we can go in, in near here in Somerville, there is a candle pin bowling place that has, it's just like, I don't know if it's a divey. It's kind of like old timey looking, but they like, they have people like waiters. So like you get a, a amazing, you sit at your candle, bowling candle alley. Candle pin was very much a bar like, bowling, like, beer, or like, like a rec hall bowling. Like you wouldn't go to an alley and have like yeah. 18 lanes of candle pin. Uh, but Candlepin was because it was so small and compact. It was usually, you know, you'd find it in a weird building in the middle of nowhere, where it's just like, oh, we just put in a lane for no reason. Yeah, that place. So that place with the waiters, it's also like manual. So there's no computer that keeps score. And then you don't have to reset the pins yourself, but there is a button to reset the pins. Like you have to press a button for it so to go. So you can make up your own rules. Like there's saying. no computer making sure you follow the rules. Now we're talking. Which could be good. Could be bad. <laughs> Dance ready exactly. to scam the system. It's a bowling yeah. free for all. What about a. a... Oh, good. I think. I think they do have bumpers like, if you if you want. Depending on the like the configuration of the pins you end up with, the game inverts, and the goal is to stop hitting the pins. You just can't hit the pins anymore. For each pin you hit, it actually subtracts points from your score. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I think th- I think they should have a version where the pins are like actually fastened <laughs> to the floor and you have to throw it so hard you knock them over it's, it's really about you, force more than it is accuracy exactly <laughs> I like it <laughs> that sounds like a fun variation you have to wear like big too. safety like, goggles and shatter. like shatter. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I like it. Well, that was an excellent tangent, guys. Is there any other uh, side nonsense we should uh, talk about here? Mm. <laughs> All the pens on my desk are sticky, and I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm very confused. <laughs> I All must right, have now, spilled are, are something on the like a, on here, but I think like, I don't remember doing desk. that. <laughs> I don't like it. 
No, they're just now, like loose, loose now, pens. On, like, on a, like, on, like a pen and a on, pencil. On a stickiness scale of one Maybe to ten, I'm how sticky, sticky are they? In the... <laughs> and I'm just... Okay, so like a three or a it's two. Not maybe? Like, it's not like super glue sticky. Like they still like drop okay. on the floor. They're but tacky. Like, more like than when you drop sticky. a drop a soda. Yeah, like, like a two. Like, like a, not even glue you level. Spill a just bit like of a cocktail on the floor, and then your like shoes kind of stick go. to it afterwards. Hmm. Now, can you do me a favor and lick your pencil and tell me what it tastes like? <laughs> exactly. It's it's that kind of sticky. <laughs> and I we I, 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 just I don't a want story, to. But when I, don't I moved into this house. Uh, moved my mother into this house. It, when we got the moving truck here and opened it up, my brother did a terrible job of packing it, so stuff was everywhere. But there was this plastic bin with like this brown liquid on top of it, and we could we couldn't find anything else that was wet, and we couldn't find out for the life of us where it had come from. And everyone was like, it, it could have been anything from gravy to hydraulic fluid to <laughs> I mean, it could have just been anything. And of course, the first thing I do is I stick my finger in it and taste it. Um, and and the scary thing is, it didn't really taste like anything, and we never figured out what it was. So <laughs> it, it didn't really have; it just kind of tasted like nothing. And I'm like, oh, that's not great. And um, we never found a broken bottle or a wet box, or it was just there. So, now, Colby, how many uh, subs do we need to get on Twitch for you to taste your sticky pen? You know, I don't understand how those Twitch guys do it. I really don't. I've been watching a little bit of Twitch lately. I'm trying to understand the culture. And when they do the thing where they're like, you know, it's going by a million miles an hour, and they're like, oh, th- thanks to the, the, the gift subscribe from this guy to that guy. And, they, and they're, they're like, they're talking while they're doing the thing. Like, I don't know how they do that. It's crazy. But, but I think the secret is that they have, like, these tools um, – and they're only seeing a subset of what's going on. Uh, so some like the the medium time streamers, I think they, they get these little apps and tools to help mm. them do it. And like you can like set a message when you subscribe and then they'll see that or like uh, there's some channel points came out recently. I don't understand what it is or where it came from, but it seems like you can also configure it where like if someone hits one of those like channel point things, you'll see their message. But then the big-time streamers, they're not looking at the chat at all. Or they might glance at it just to, like, read a random message here and there just to show that they are. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then they have their moderators who are reading the chat, and if there's anything that they really think the streamer should see, they'll tell them. And then there's, like, a separate window they have open of all that stuff. Uh, So, yeah, there's a whole behind-the-scenes thing going on, I think. Oh. Yeah, I mean, to me, Twitch is just an assault on the senses. It's 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 just an all out war on on my consciousness. Um, it's a lot. It's crazy. It's one of those things. Like when we started this show, speaking of three hundred episodes, like I was just thinking about this today. Twitch was not a thing in twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Not that I, I, it was a thing, but it wasn't like so much a part of the cultural zeitgeist. It was a weird thing that you know you'd watch your friend your you watch someone play call of duty on uh <laughs> now it's it's uh a lot more than that well back when we started this i mean live streaming at all was was still pretty was still pretty much in its infancy i mean we were on google hangouts at the time but there was no i don't think youtube was live streaming yet I don't, nope. uh, Twitch didn't exist. I, I mean, it was like, remember like Justin.tv and some of these other like really early live streaming sites from back in the day. I think Twitch, Twitch definitely existed in 2014, but and Twitch used to be Justin.tv. Did you know that? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I think they pivoted at one point in June, 2011, Twitch, uh, Justin.tv became Twitch. Oh, good for him. Actually, there was a Justin. Yeah, Justin, well, Justin Khan. Wasn't, yeah, Mr. he was Justin the guy who live-streamed his TV. life. Yeah. A pioneer. Now we all do it all the time for no reason. Yeah. I believe so. Uh, so wait, did we live-stream this show when but we I don't think we had this? anywhere to post it, really. I think it was one of those things where... 
they like, it was like half integrated with YouTube. Um, but it wasn't long after we started that it started to be available online. Mm. Right. It was, it was those heavy Wild. days. It was a different world. Um, guys, <laughs> would you guys like to take a challenge? Yes. We haven't done one of these in a little while. Uh, I saw this up on The Verge, uh, where they have a quiz where sure. I'm going to give you the name of a streaming service, and you have to tell me if it's real or fake. Okay. <laughs> like Netflix. Streaming like... Uh, live streaming the first or one streaming up is like uh, Netflix. Real. Okay. That is correct. Uh, the anime-specific one just got bought for a billion dollars. That's real. Pluto TV. Fake. No, Pluto TV is real. Uh, it's, it's actually a big... I'm a big fan of the service because it's free and ad-supported, uh, and they've got a lot of great content. I've picked Pluto TV channels on here before. Oh. Um, next up is Shudder. Shudder? Oh, I'm I going think that's because real. He's right, it is that, real. Isn't that like the horror movies? Uh, the horror movie streaming platform. Real, get it? Uh, Zumo, X-U-M-O. Hey. <laughs> Zumo is real. Wait a second, is this uh, one of those? I'm going to say fake, too. No, well, it's described... I don't know this one. A free ad-supported streamer that leverages short-form web videos, such as music channels, breaking news... Uh, from familiar websites and TV networks. Oh, it's just repurposed YouTube videos. Like fail videos and pet videos and things like that. Okay. <laughs> Asian Crush. Asian Crush. Weird. Uh... <laughs> Fake. It's just close enough, isn't it? Not real. You say fake? It is real. God damn this streamer promises, yeah, quote, the best of Pan-Asian entertainment with an offering of movies and shows from East and Southeast Asia. Asian. How, about mo- how about movie? M-O-O-V-I. Movie. Real. <laughs> well, one of you, you disagreed, so which am I going to choose? I'm going to say fake again. One of these has got to be fake. Now, I clicked real. And it is fake. What do you mean? Now, oh, it's I, a quiz? I don't like this one because I thought it was real, too, when I took this. But there is a service called Mubi, M-U-B-I, which is what I confused it with. But no, Mubi is not real. How about Art House Now? I see. That's very real. tricky. It is fake. Uh, how about Ovid, O-V-I-D? Real. It is real. Um, it features real? Uh, Indian global cinema. Huh. How about Fubo TV? Real. F-U-B-O. Fubo. Real. Dan was quick on the real. It is real. That's the, for live sports. Uh, Universal Plus. Dan seemed very sure about that. Yeah. Fake. Uh, it is fake. That's right. Um, Peacock is really Universal streaming service. How about Acorn? Acorn. Fake. Mm. Uh, I think I took Dan last time, so we're going with Colby's Real. It is real. Real. Man. Um, it is uh, for British television. Acorn? How about BritBox? Brit- BritBox. Brit-box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you know. You get a British person in the mail every month? <laughs> that sounds like one Boy. of those uh, subscription like boxes that you, you get in the mail. out of lorry. <laughs> <laughs> Real or fake? Uh, BritBox. Uh, <laughs> fake. I heard Dan first. It is real. That w- that's the streaming service owned by the BBC and ITV. Uh, and the last one, Popcorn Flix. Popcorn Flix. Real. Uh, I'm going to go with Dan on this one. He says real. It is real. 
Uh, it's from the chicken soup from the soul people. Um, for some reason, uh, <laughs> that phrase. <laughs> the well, they're a media conglomerate the soul now. People. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, you guys got seven out of thirteen correct. Was that like so, the cross product of our two answers? So if one of us yeah, got it basically. wrong, we both got it wrong. No, no, no. I took one of your answers for each, and that counted towards mm. that. I would say, even if I split your difference, I think you wouldn't have done much better than eight or nine. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that was hard. Not too bad, but there were a few surprises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I still can't believe Asia was a lot of a real thing, ones but... and not that many fake ones, I felt. What do I know? Have we, have we talked about on this show... Uh, <laughs> Back when people used to travel, we were going to go to Japan, right. and we were looking at all these websites for like making reservations at restaurants and just like trying to get information. And how weird Japanese internet is. Did we talk about this, and everything is like feels like it's from two thousand three. Oh, it's like you go to. Uh, I don't know, like how you discover this. Oh. Um, yeah. Yahoo.jp is still, still a thing. Well, yeah, Yahoo for a long time, even in the last couple of years, still one of the most popular websites. Yeah, go to Yahoo.jp and and you'll see what I mean. It's weird. And they all look like this. Like you get banner ads. There's like no video, just like a, like a bunch of text links. Um, it's not responsive. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. Uh, anyways, well, when I think about Asian Crush, I, I think about the weird Japanese internet. Can, can I make a wild guess as to why this is true? Go for it. And why why it's like this? Japan was one of the first countries to use the internet on mobile phones, but this was pre-iPhone, and this was like really crappy small screens you had to scroll with a like a number pad or a, or an arrow pad. Uh-huh. Um, and I bet a lot of the web pages uh, back in when, you know, sort of the web was transitioning. I bet a lot of them. I mean, if you look at this, the first thing I think is you would use this on a very bad mobile screen. Um, and I, that's my total wild guess is that all their websites in Japan were designed at some point to work really well on very terrible, hard to navigate mobile phone screens. But just a wild guess. I like it. It's simple. It is. It is simple. I don't know. It's just very jarring. I like it too. It brings come, me coming back from to like. Whoa! I found time. an animation. I clicked on this like, pay pay step. Yeah. Thing. I found. A, I found a little an- animation. Oh, and now I went back, and there's a video playing, of some. I assume this is like a Japanese politician speaking or something. It's interesting. Oh, topical keywords in real-time search. Humans are stupid. Wait, what? According to Yahoo, that's that's the most uh, oh, did you translate it? Keyword. Yes. No, I speak Japanese. No, uh, it's humans are stupid. Also, also a topical keyword. Humans are garbage. I don't know what that. I just used the search engine to search for humans are stupid, and the first result is stupid humans from Scientific American. You should uh, have a friend of the show, Colin, on to read read these websites to us. <laughs> it would be very dramatic. He has such a deep voice. All right. Well, there you go. We learned something today. Humans are stupid. Well, if there's anything you take away, we learned that a long time ago, <laughs> and it reminded of it every day. <laughs> uh, Guys, we've got a few stories here in the rundown. Not a ton of news at the moment. Usually a quiet time of year until we start getting into... um, We're post-CES, but we're pre-all of the cell phone shows that usually happen in March and April. Um, And whatever Apple has planned, I'm sure, in March or April as well. So are there any of the stories here or any other stories you've read this week uh, that you think we should talk about and share? This this mm. uh, what is the deal with this this yes, this from the people who brought you Pebble thing? 
I saw this Pebble. the other I day. I didn't click on it. Still one of my favorite tech gadgets I've ever owned. Um, the founder of Pebble is back with a new universal chat app called yeah. Beeper. It was fun, and it's designed to unify fifteen different chat platforms into a single interface. Um, it integrates with WhatsApp, Signal, Telegram, Slack, Twitter, Discord, Instagram, and Facebook Messenger, among others. Um, IRC, and there's there's a whole bunch of Skype and a whole bunch of other that they say are all going to be integrated into one chat app. But that's not the interesting part. The interesting part about Beeper is they claim they're going to integrate iMessage into their app. And I know what you're thinking. Wait, Apple locks their stuff down. How are they going to integrate with iMessage? Um, well, they're going to do that Pebble thing where they're going to hack their way around it, which is why I think this is pretty neat. So they claim it'll work on Android, Windows, and Linux. Uh, basically, the way it works is um, if you've got an always-on Mac, then you can install the Beeper Mac app where it acts as a bridge. Uh, basically, when you send a message through Beeper, it then sends it through your Mac that's sitting always on. But if you don't have access to a Mac... Uh, Beeper says it'll literally send each of its users a jailbroken iPhone with the Beeper app installed <laughs> in order to act as a bridge. Now, Beeper involves paying a $10 a month subscription, <laughs> uh, which they haven't said whether or not that'll include the cost of the iPhone. Uh, but in a follow-up tweet, the founder said he has 50 old iPhone 4Ss at his desk ready to be upcycled for use with Beeper. Um, theoretically, I that would make it work. So so it works by they send you an, it just has an, to be this iPhone and you have to use the iPhone it's a or they send yeah. you an iPhone and you just have to hook the iPhone oh you just have to hook it into your Now your is that a good idea? Account, I don't right? know, but goddamn, I've got you just got to appreciate <laughs> so the like a, like this will never be like widely successful, but I just love people who are crazy enough to try things like this. And this is something that I've been wanting for a while and we we used to have it because we had Trillium. Anyone anyone else use Trillium? Or Pigeon? Yep. And I, maybe they've they've been updated, but yep, at the time, both they those. worked for IM apps where you would talk to one other person. Uh, but now the like the paradigm is like even people using WhatsApp or Telegram signal they're often using them in like these giant group messages. Like that's, that's a huge thing. Uh, these chat apps have become social networks just as Facebook really like really AIM was a much better social network than Facebook ever was. Now we're, now we're like wrapping back around again. Uh, and then you got Slack and discord and these things have, they're basically like apps that have many mm -hmm. different kinds of group chats happening inside of them all at the same time. And I have like so many different group chats spread across all these apps, and I can never keep track of which one's which. So I think this is a great idea. I don't really care about the iMessage because like I don't have that many iMessage group messages. Some people do, but for whatever reason, I've ended up with WhatsApp groups and Telegram groups, Signal groups, and umpteen Slacks and Discords, and nothing in my iMessages as like many to many. So I am actually considering trying this app. Maybe I'll take the. Hmm. Uh, the beeper, the beeper king challenge. The only thing I will say about iMessage, because I agree with you, I, I think the only thing I would miss in iMessages um, mostly is just the ability to send proper attachments that don't go through the SMS MMS system. Um, you know where you're you're running up against a, a file size limit. Wait, does that um, not you work can't with send. this? Um, well, this doesn't. I guess you could attack. The, the issue would just be if you're sending it to someone else with iMessage, right? Like if I was friends with them on Facebook and could do it through Facebook Messenger or through another chat service. Um, oh, I assume but, that when you use this, you get to say, "I want to send this to Sean over iMessage," or like, "I this is an iMessage conversation with Sean." Right, but that assumes you have the bridge for iMessage, right? Uh huh. Like, I don't have an always-on Mac, and I don't know if I'd ever get an iPhone. So for me, that'd be the missing piece. But I think it's just I an see. overall chat client. I think it looks really great. And I agree with you. I do feel overwhelmed with all of these different chat apps. Um, my question is, how does it link a Colby conversation from Slack versus a Colby conversation from Facebook Messenger versus a Colby? You know, I would just wonder how it doesn't mix all of those. 
Um, it makes it clear who you're talking to where with what. But on paper, it's cool. Yeah, maybe I will try it. Take the beeper challenge. Yeah. I do have a lot of slacks. Or people could just stop messaging me. Slack attack. I mean that that would that would solve a lot of problems. Really they just need to stop messaging me on different apps. <laughs> well yeah. Dan, that's a really good idea. Why don't you create the Dan app? And it's the only way people can contact you. And make <laughs> them do the work. Can it be like yo and they can only say well sup to me? <laughs> Yes, yeah, you can respond to anything back, right? But they can only say "sup." <laughs> I like that idea. And then we all get our own app, and so when I want to talk to Colby, I just go to the Colby app. Right. This is what the, the you know the federated distributed social network people. This is their end game. <laughs> or Twitter, it. but it's only tweets guys. from Sean, Perfect. and no one else can say anything. <laughs> Which is basically just like living in my house <laughs> at that Sean's point. Cat. <laughs> oh no, he talks back. Uh, Let me be clear; he will not. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's a social network, and <laughs> people, everyone's friends with Sean, and everyone can see what Sean says. But whenever you say anything, all of your tweets get translated into just meows of various links, but you don't know that. And so you think you're talking to like other people are seeing what you're saying, but really everyone else is just a cat. I like that idea. I mean, there, there's no end to the innovation here, guys. <laughs> I'm just telling you. The only limit your imagination. I'm going to develop a system. And it's called the Dan app. And when you go in, you can message Dan. And what's going to happen is there's going to be a speaker in his house that's going to shout out every message sent to him <laughs> at the fullest volume it can. And so it'll be like just like being there with Dan. Sup? That's perfect. <laughs> um, Alrighty, well, that's Beeper. Dan, you'll have to try it out and, and report back yeah, to us. I will. Message us on Beeper. Uh, because I do believe that there actually is a Beeper network within Beeper. So you can Beeper other people as well as the other chat apps. Right. So we can Beeper each other. Now, does it actually let you just like beep someone with no message? That's just the you're just bringing back the poke at that point, right? A feature we all miss? Question mark. Oh yeah, I forgot that that was gone. <laughs> I'm sure it's one of those things that there's some weird now, like URL actually, string hack or something gone? where it's like it's still in there, but you got to really dig for it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I was, you just got me thinking about uh, just Facebook apps in general. And just like the most, back when they would automatically post to everybody's feed, and they were ugly as hell. Yeah. And it, ugh. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. What was ugly as hell? I missed, I missed that part. Facebook apps. Facebook apps. Oh, you know, like, like Farmville uh, and all those like early, early, or like quizzes. Remember those? And like, ugh. That was awful. Colby just 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 took the quiz. Found out he's Ross from Friends. You take the quiz now, and I'm like this. Oh, I can play about Facebook now, but that was pretty bad too. Although it didn't lead to overthrows of our government, so maybe I should pine for a simpler time. Um, any yeah. other uh, any other stories in here, guys? Not not a ton to choose from, or we can talk about something completely unrelated. We can talk about football. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about oh, I'm, uh, there, there's at least shrimp recipes. One more uh, tech news story I'd like to talk about. Though after that, we can talk. If you guys want to talk about football, you can do that. Um, let's talk about the Apple VR headset. Oh, the Apple VR headset. Rumors time. Early in the year, we know things are coming up. Um, codenamed N301, Apple is reportedly working on a VR headset, according to Bloomberg News. 
which could launch as soon as 2022 as a standalone device that operates through batteries similar to the Oculus Quest 2. Um, Apple is reportedly working on some of its most advanced and powerful chips for this headset. Um, now, the issue is, is that it's reported that some of the early prototypes were too big and heavy, so they resorted to using a fabric exterior to redu reduce weight, but the company is also using a fan, uh, which is interesting. Uh, Bloomberg News reports the size of the headset is similar to the Quest, and some prototypes being tested include external cameras to enable some AR features. Uh, Apple is also reportedly testing the ability to use these cameras to track hand movements and include software features like a virtual keyboard. Um, it will reportedly be an expensive and niche device, uh, with some at Apple rumored uh, to be anticipating that the company may sell only one headset per day at each of its stores, or less than 200,000 units per year. Apple reportedly has up around 1,000 people working on AR and VR at the moment. What does the fan have to do with anything? Does it, like, or what do you speculate if it doesn't say? It's got to be for, like, component heat. It cannot be for user comfort, right? Well, that would be... Right, but the thing that blows my mind is you'd think, you would think that next year's iPhone chips are more than enough to do, like, the VR graphics are not my understanding is it's not crazy intensive it's nowhere near what you need to do 4k stuff because the displays are relatively low resolution i thought well that's so i would say two things one is we were talking about the m1 chip earlier a couple months ago and the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro with M1 both have the exact same chip, but the chip can get much better performance when you add a fan, right? Mm -hmm. That's literally the difference. And so I wonder if that's a piece of it. I'm also wondering, you know, when you think about Apple and their display technologies, which they're unequivocally a leader in, when you think about the sort of motion tracking, which they're a leader in, AR, which they're a leader in. I mean, they really could put features in this thing that nobody else has done before, and you need a ton of power to do that. I guess the question is, is this a Quest 2 copycat product, or mm. is this something where they're like, this is the absolute future, it's going to cost a trillion dollars, and nobody <laughs> will ever buy one, but we're still going to put it out because rich people will buy it, and it's going to really show what we can do, and we'll get developers on board. I think it's probably the latter. That's a good. That's a good theory. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's what it well, sounds and, like. You know, it's the, that's the thing with the, the Quest Two is like you know, the Quest Two does have ladder, games on it. You can play, but to play the really powerful games, you have to hook it up with a cable to your PC still. Um, as a standalone device. And if Apple can make one that really does harness the power of a desktop mm. gaming PC into the headset, um, I mean, that would be super impressive. But I think it's also a fair point to say, do you? How, how do you put a fan in a headset that's strapped to your face and have it not be annoying or irritating or hot or whatever? Um, that's, that's more interesting to me than anything else. Not that it has a fan. It's how the fan works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe it'll, it'll be like the MacBook fans where it's just on the top and you're just blowing hot air off the top of your head all day long. It's wild. But to me, this is such an interesting thing because for a while, the rumors were it was going to be more like the Google Glass-style AR, but it certainly seems like they're going much more towards the VR piece rather than the, you know, the HoloLens-style AR. I don't know if we have any thoughts on that. Yeah, that's, I mean, we've talked about this before. I thought it would make sense that the AR for, like, getting work done would be easier. It would be more obviously applicable to, like, real work and less applicable to games. Like, actually, was it last week or the week before that Microsoft shut down the what I thought was a really cool AR Minecraft thing? But granted, I never played it. <laughs> but granted, I don't think I have an AR device that could play. But mm. anyways, <laughs> and I think that when it comes to... So, like, part of this rumor is, oh, and they'll have, like, uh, a keyboard. And if you were just building, like, a keyboard to, like, enter your screen name into a video game, you it probably wouldn't come up in a rumor. And if this is, like, oh, like, the keyboard, 
uh, it means they probably spent a lot of time on it, which means that they think it's important, which means that they think people are going to be doing a lot of like text input with this thing, which gives me hope that this is not just for games, which given that it's Apple is like maybe not surprising. Uh, and that maybe there, there is like a cool new way that people can use VR to do real, real work stuff, to, to make stuff and to interact with people in a non-gaming sense. Uh, and I guess my, what I'm trying to say is I always felt that AR, the, the seal, the floor was lower. Like it would, it would be easy to make something that's kind of good. I think Google S did that. But the ceiling's not that high. Like you're never gonna show someone something in AR. I don't think where they're like, "Wow, like this, this is the next iPhone." Um, whereas with VR, I think you could imagine VR experiences where it is the next iPhone. We, you know, we see that in Star Trek every episode. Uh, and if they can pull something like that off, it, it could be really big. And the fact that they're working on a keyboard as like a big headlining feature gives me some hope. Mm-hmm. Jack in. Yeah. I mean, now that we all work from <laughs> home, we might as well. Well, it uh, is, you know, work in VR. I, to me, I, I'm going to quote a non Apple person, <laughs> Steve Ballmer, when I say developers, 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 developers. Uh, to me, I think that's the interesting piece where I think if they rolled out an AR headset, and I'm not a developer, so I'm making all this up. But AR seems like it's more difficult to program because you're connecting it to the real world, whereas VR, you kind of have a blank slate to work with. And so if you roll out a VR headset that has AR features that they can start to build on as developers, then two or three years from now, when you do put out a, either a slimmer VR set or an AR set, already the developers have had their hands on the tech for a few years and are already able to build awesome, powerful stuff you have right off the gate. And so to me, this is... This is, as they said, it's not going to be a mass market device. This, for me, is is Google Glass 1.0. This is a developer device. Um, hopefully, they'll be smarter than Google and actually explain to people it's a developer's device and they may never sell the thing. But um, I think that's what this is for, where if it has both AR and VR capabilities in it, like you said, Dan, not just focusing on games or sort of limited VR experience. It's got the power in it to do some really cool stuff then one or two years in, you're going to see developers creating really great things that will apply to the next round of hardware. So that's what makes me excited. It could be argued, though, that they've already done that with all these uh, AR kit stuff in the phones. Oh, sure. Although, has AR really taken off no. on iPhones and iPads? No. I, w- I would say not. But there's some but stuff. But it's a good foundation. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys use any AR apps ever? I when I've bought furniture, I have looked for those apps that let you put the furniture in the room. That's and I've used the measuring, the the it, I think it comes with the phone now, the measuring app. Yeah, and you can like get a rough estimate for how many feet mm. a wall is. That's pretty useful. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that too both of those things what, what, what I had way? really yeah. mixed results with the furniture thing oh <laughs> makes sense okay just didn't work it was sometimes. inaccurate it just straight up didn't fucking work <laughs> the couch was like upside down or something <laughs> <I don't... laughs> uh I bought these glasses. Uh, the the oh, yeah. uh, Felix Gray, who yeah. I bought these through, they had a, an AR app where you could put fake glasses on your face, um, and it was really not helpful at all uh, because I ordered a bunch mm. of samples based on that, and a lot of them sucked. So, mm. um, go, go can't account for taste. You know, I was really thinking the other day about getting Weird. a Quest headset. Oh. I was I was gen I had the page up, I was looking at it, I was really thinking about it. A because I haven't bought any stupid tech in a while. I've been a good boy. Um but also B, I'm like, is VR finally to the point where it's like not a dumb idea to buy one? Like I get I'm not gonna use it every day, but as like I'm stuck in the house home entertainment device, I'm like I'm kinda like bored watching TV. But I also am not like a controller gamer because I just don't have the hands for it. 
So I'm like, maybe this would be something I would use. And it's not prohibitively expensive. And mm-hmm. I have a PC I can plug it into. So I can get the full VR experience. And I, I didn't pull the trigger, but I did really think about it. I was thought about getting one for a while, too, to play. The only reason I would want one, well, there's the, the Half-Life VR game is supposed to be really cool. I couldn't really tell you why. Um, but I heard that playing the Star Wars Squadrons game in VR is amazing. And I played that game without VR, and it was a lot of fun. I was like, ah, oh, to be in the cockpit and just fly around and just mm-hmm. be in space, oh, I'd be so cool. But I haven't, haven't done it yet. Maybe next year. Yeah, good gift for, to ask for from Santa. I, I was concerned about with my recent um, eye strain issues. I was afraid if I put one of those on, my eyes would explode. <laughs> so I was like, this is... I put on... I, the only VR I've ever used, I put on one of the very, very first <laughs> Oculus sets, like the really early ones back in the day, and I almost immediately vomited. <laughs> now, I get that, that the technology has come a long way, but I was, oh my, it was really like, I think two CRTs duct taped together and strapped to my head. It was awful. <laughs> um, but <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Maybe yeah. in the future. Got to get on that train at some point. Um, is there a, uh, another news story or should we move on to picks? Or talk about whatever. Oof. I don't. I don't have any more topics unless. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, we can move on to picks. I've got a pick in here. I hope you two do too. I, I'll go I first. will soon. Uh, picks are the part of the show where each of us brings something cool we want to share with the world. And guys, uh, if you listen to last week's up for debate episode, we talked all about the world of wine, uh, the world of wine, and my interest in getting back into wine because uh, it had been a while. I've been a beer guy, but. Um, I'm looking to get back into wine a little bit, and so I subscribed to Wink, W-I-N-C, at W-I-N-C.com, a wine subscription service. I've actually used Wink before. I was shocked I didn't pick it on the show, but I did search the sheet. Um, I used it back when I was in Houston for a few months, um, and I got to tell you, they recommend some really fantastic wines. Um, now, it's interesting that service has changed a lot since back in those days, but what Wink actually does now is the wines they give you, you can't buy in a store. Hmm. They're all privately labeled for Wink. Where they, It's kind of like a generic brand where they go to the wineries and save money because they bottle it and label it themselves. But what that means is they have a lot more detail on the wines. The recommendations are excellent. It's four bottles a month for 60 bucks, which I really don't think is... That includes shipping. So I don't really think that's outrageous for wine. And I, they've always done a great job finding me wines I actually really like. You can do reds, you can do whites, you can mix and match all you like. So uh, I recommend trying it out. Wink.com, W-I-N-C, if you're looking now, to try some wines. I have two things on this. Do you drink all four in a month, or are you, like, stockpiling them? Well, that was why I stopped it the first time, is I was getting too many bottles and not drinking them enough. And so what I'm going to do now is, A, I'm going to try to drink them more, uh, but also I'm probably going to, like, pause it and do it every other month. It's mm-hmm. one of those where you can pause it, uh, and so I'll probably do that. It, it was a, four bottles a month. If you're not like a glass of wine every other night kind of guy, uh, you're really going to struggle to get through. And it, my, my second thing is I was scrolling around this page, and I got one of those like full-screen takeovers <laughs> yeah, where it's like – or maybe I clicked on something. It's like, are you 21 or over? And then it asks you for your email address. I clicked in the email address field just idly, and then like browser pops up a little autocomplete. And it's Sean's email address in the autocomplete. Are you signing up for wine subscriptions under my name? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, did you sign up for Wink originally or did it show up at your door? Maybe I did it like while I was sleepwalking at your house that one time. <laughs> That's really creepy. <laughs> That's um, really weird. But go ahead and use my name. Maybe I get some kind of referral <laughs> bonus or something. So go nuts. Uh, you do get 20 bucks off your first box. So, um, but be aware, someone does have to be home to sign for it because it's alcohol. Mm. They won't just drop it off. But I know you fancy guys, you got, you got doormen and you, you, you got to mm. take care. Damn. Um, yes, that's wink. 
Let's see who's next. Dan, <laughs> what you got? So this is continuing the series of Dan's favorite little Mac utility apps. This one gets a little nerdy. Um, it is an app that lets you configure which links open in which browsers. Um, so for example, uh, you can, I have this problem where uh, Google Hangouts, the, the uh, and Riverside FM, actually, the app we use to record this show, they only work in Chrome, but I use Firefox. So I always forget this, and I would open it in Firefox, and be like, man, it's not supported. And I'm like, ah, God damn it. And then I'd open it up and like copy-paste, and like, oh, such a pain. So Finicky allows you to say, like, hey, like any URL that's like hangouts.google.com or chat.google.com, open in this browser. You can say Chrome. Um, but that's not all. You can also say, um, you can also set up things like you can do rewrites, which is like a kind of computer science-y term, but it basically allows you to do something like, hey, whenever I open a link to any like google.com domain, uh, add the like, auth, like question mark auth ID equals this. And then no matter, and and question mark auth ID equals some email address that you have a Google account associated with. And then no matter which order you've logged into your Google accounts, it'll always bring up the right one. So I just have it like most of the time that I open a link to a Google account, it's for work. So I, every time I open a Google account link, it opens it in my work email, my work account first rather than like some random ass one, depending on which browser, which order I logged into which accounts on and which browser. Um, so yeah, finicky, pretty simple. It's free. You, it's also like to configure it, you have to write a bunch of like text in a text editor. So it's not exactly user friendly, but it does what it's supposed to do very well. Yes. I thought, yeah, uh, I like that. I've been it's thinking about like more ways file. to do this. Like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could write a program that generates the JavaScript file and then changes which uh, Google ID my links are opened with, depending on what time it is? That would be cool. Dan, can I ask you a question yeah. after you ask me a question on my pick? Um, I, I've doing this for 300 episodes with you. I've learned a lot about Dan the Man, and one of the things I've learned is that you uh, are a big fan of, of customizing things, and not just on the surface, but to such a deep degree that is, uh, frankly, incredible. And my question is, something like this scares the shit out of me, <laughs> because I feel like I, one little thing gone wrong, and your whole thing like business would just implode. <laughs> Do you ever regret doing some of this customizable stuff? Like, has it ever like totally just fallen apart? Uh, or are you much smarter than me and don't do that? Yeah. I feel like the, sometimes it falls apart. Like I, I remember on like my old laptop that I was using at the start of this show, probably I had some like fancy like Mac window manager thing that needed all these different permissions. And every time your computer started, it would ask you like, ah, I need like all these different permissions. And then it also had a config that was written in some like weird language. And I completely <laughs> broke the config and then it just wouldn't start anymore. So every time we started the computer, it would ask me for permissions and then it would it like crash. Uh, and I never fixed it. I regretted that. Um, <laughs> but most of the time, like that was about as bad as it's ever gotten. At least, at least as long as you're not on Linux, uh, in which case, yeah, like all bets are off. Uh, it doesn't get that bad. And I think that, like my philosophy is, like this bothered me for months. I was like, God damn! Like every time, and the worst part was, it was always for like the the number one reason it would happen was I was joining a Google Hangouts meeting for work. And it's like 11.59, and I need to get in the meeting at 12. And then, like, whoops, like, wrong browser. Copy, paste the thing. Oh, now it's the wrong account. Like, switch to the accounts. And every time you switch an account, it takes a couple seconds because then it's to reinitialize in the video, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and now you switch accounts, and your, uh, <laughs> your password needs to be revalidated. It's like, oh, my God. 
Um, so to, to be able to cut out a couple seconds of that multiple times a day, totally worth it. See, this is why we need the Dan Miller Mac Daddy of Mac Utilities yeah. Mac Utility, where it's just one program with all of these different picks of yours all integrated into one. When is that coming? That's like the... <laughs> well, you can also you can bundle yeah. that in with the Dan app that oh lets you God. contact Dan. That's how I recommend people use Twitter. And you can contact so, Dan yeah. for tech support Just with the, with the Dan app, app configuration. Every time <laughs> Dan customizes his computer, it mirrors and customizes your computer, and you have no control that over it. That would be pretty easy to do. <laughs> because then all of a sudden, like your links are opening up in like weird browsers, and like your 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 Mac's connecting to like AirPods that aren't yours, and it's just like all this crazy <laughs> stuff. I think that'd be awesome. Live your life through Dan. <laughs> Dan Acosta. Dan in real life. I think that's great. Uh, now I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. That's the mm-hmm. problem I have too. I always have Chrome mm-hmm. run open with just the Google Meetings tab because I have to use pick. it for that. Um, and then, but we gotta we gotta send it over to Colby, and as soon as I see Oxo, it's like my fingers hovering over the order now button. So what what do you got this week? Oxo, squeezy bottles for the kitchen. Um, I had so. Here's the thing. I I had, you know, y- y- you can definitely picture these things in your mind. They're just like the food service squeeze bottles. So, like, in a diner, right, there would be ketchup in a bottle like this. The bottle would be red and opaque. But, like, there are... There are the thing I had was clear ones, and this is a, a thing. Like, you see it on cooking shows. You see it on, like, you know, I don't know. If you watch any sort of people making food on youtube they have these squeezy bottles i had these bottles that i got like for i don't know like i mostly use them for like cocktail stuff like i would put like my simple syrup in a squeezy bottle i don't know how it took me this long to figure it out but like you can also put your like olive oil and stuff like the things that you use next (laughs) to the stove like if you put them in a squeezy bottle they're just there and you can like squeeze them into a pan (laughs) when when you need to use them it's very convenient. And so that's for, I don't know, a a couple of years I've been doing that because that's great. But my, my squeezy bottles that I bought ages ago on Amazon finally like broke, like they cracked and they were leaking oil all over the place. So I got these new squeezy bottles that are OXO squeezy bottles and they have all different sizes. They have different size, like cat, like tips, so a thing, some of my old squeezy bottles, I had to like cut the tip off so you could use like thicker, like syrups won't come out if of the default hole. So you got to make the hole bigger. These ones come with like, it has different size, like ends. If you get the set, it comes with a big end and a small end. It's great. And they don't leak. They seem very secure so far. Anyways, my old ones, even when they weren't broken, they leaked like at least a little bit. So there's not just like a puddle of olive oil on my counter all the time, but <laughs> yeah, they're probably kind of expensive. Like you could probably get six normal squeeze, six like regular squeezy bottles for the price of two of these OXO ones. But I, I think they're worth it. We'll see. We'll see how long they last. That's the real question. Like if they last for like eight years, like the other ones did, then this will be now, great. Have you ever tried the other ones, squeezing the olive oil into the pan? That's from my, like uh, my recommendation. Just trying to argue one, <laughs> one stupid kitchen hack. It seems like you could do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that puts you one step away from being a hibachi chef. Maybe. I think. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Just in the middle of the street, flipping, flipping shrimp, shrimp at people. people. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably a good idea. I don't know. Although I'll try. It. I'll try it again. Flame, I'm going to try like it without when the stove's not on, though. <laughs> 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 
It's true. Now's the time to start trying My kitchen does not have professional ventilation. Awesome. Awesome. I got to stop buying stuff when we do the show. Dang it. Shame on me. Uh, Guys, that's about all she wrote. Is there anything else you'd like to to say or do this evening? No, this is a fun one. This was very different from our first episode and our 100th and our 200th. It was. We've ch- we've come a long you've come a long way, baby. Can't believe it. Yeah, 300 who, who in the books. We've come at a our long first episode way. that we would ever have an episode where we would be talking about Colby sticky pens. Not us. I don't even think Colby had pens back in those days. <laughs> back in the old days. <laughs> Probably not. You were. We talked I mean, the about first iOS episode, seven I was, on the first. I feel episode. like I was still. I was at my parents' house. The launch house. of iOS seven. Yeah. Oh my god! I remember downloading yep. the beta. God, and what an ugly OS that what was in retrospect. It Oof. didn't work very much. Oof. Uh. Well, guys, what an unbelievable yeah. treat it's been. Before we depart for this yeah. evening, I do, of course, have to wow. tease up for debate. Guys, we've got a triple header coming up you are not going to want to miss. It is Super Bowl season over at, or I should say, the big game happening over at Up for Debate. <laughs> um, next week, we are doing a live commentary episode on some of the most memorable uh, Super Bowl halftime shows. We're going to cover uh, Black Eyed Peas, uh, which, if you don't remember, they are very bad live. Um, the auto tune does not work and why they didn't lip sync. I don't understand. It's a bad show. We're also going to cover 1991's <laughs> Walt Disney world salute to children. Um, a show that's both weird cause it's all kids, but also happened on the backdrop of, um, operation desert storm. <laughs> and so it's like a mix of like kids being cute and kids like saluting our soldiers. Very weird show. Um, you're not going to want to miss this next week. Uh, and then the following two weeks we do our super bowl prop bets are back. We're going to be talking about uh, the Chiefs. We're going to be talking about the Bucks. We're going to talk about the game, the halftime show, the weekend's performing. I'll have to find out what the weekend does. Don't know, but we'll find out. Uh, and we're going to have our usual prop bets. So that'll be a lot of fun. So over at UpForDebate.tv or wherever you get podcasts, <laughs> check out Up for Debate. Looking forward to that. Sean, I, I have a question I've been afraid to ask for years. Okay. What is a prop You can be honest with What me. is a prop you know, bet? Oh, that's a really great question, Dan. Uh, I don't know the... I'm, I will look up the technical definition, so I definitely... Um, so I get it right. A proposition bet, according to Wikipedia, is a bet made regarding the occurrence or non-occurrence during a game uh, of an event not directly affecting the game's outcome. So basically, instead of betting who's going to win or lose, you bet on some aspect of the game that has mm. nothing to do with the outcome of the game. That's a prop bet. So it might be how many touchdowns a player scores, or it might be how long it takes to sing the national anthem. Those are the or kind of things we bet on. People talk about like betting if it goes into overtime, or or like whether the score will be like <clears throat> divisible by three or something. You know how many balls or strikes are thrown <clears throat> by a baseball pitcher. Things that that don't have anything to do with the outcome of the game. Got it. Yep. And that's those are our Super Bowl prop bets, and we will be doing uh, the coin toss. Is one that Matt and I are very hot on every year because it's a fifty-fifty chance. <laughs> um, and so we'll be we'll be doing all your favorites. <laughs> you know, we never have, and there's a reason. And it's because I lose every year. And do you I, actually? This is you lost the coin things. toss every year. Not the coin toss. I, I do have records, <laughs> and I'll have to look and see. Um, actually, it's in my Google Drive, so I'll look while we're talking. But. In terms of the, so what I do is we get like a point for each bet you get right, and Matt has beaten me like four out of five years. Jeez, it's really really embarrassing. And so if you're asking if I ever put real money on the line, the answer is absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I would never do that. Uh, yeah, according to this, Matt has won four out of five years, um, <laughs> and Matt has won the coin toss. Uh, I didn't put last year's i believe he's won three out of four coin tosses he's gotten right wow so um and he's picked the winner in the last four super bowls correctly out of the two final teams so i can't compete i can't compete but will that change this year probably not but you'll have to listen to find out uh do you guys have a super bowl winner pick before we wrap up here the the chiefs or the bucks i was gonna say i don't even know who's in the super bowl 
the Chiefs or the Bucks? <laughs> I haven't really heard of either of those teams. The, the, the Chiefs, they're from Kansas City. <laughs> it's Patrick gonna, Mahomes, I'll, I'll, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. Or the Bucks from Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, Mike Evans. Uh, oh, this is the this is this is the Tom Brady retro, re, refugee team. I'm I'm happy to yes, root it is. for Tom okay. Brady. This is now explaining some yeah. some like renewed Tom Brady discourse I saw on Twitter. He's once more it's, in the Super Bowl. Great... He is once more giving interviews in yes, front of his locker with a strategically positioned MAGA hat. Um, yeah. No, he hasn't done that lately, but he certainly did do that. Uh, oh, that wasn't no, a this recent isn't... photo? Really? Oh. No, that was like three years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, no, this is a great game for haters because either you're a Tom Brady fan who hates that Patrick Mahomes is young and having a lot of success and sort of upstanding Brady, or you're a Brady <clears throat> hater and you love that Patrick Mahomes is young and having a lot of success and is going to crush the old man. So it's a great game for haters. Great game. <laughs> I think I got to go with the uh, whoever Tom Brady isn't then. Yeah. Okay, so we got Chiefs fan over here. <laughs> By, by some definition of fan, I didn't even know the team existed uh, five minutes ago. <laughs> well, they know who to root for. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to end it for uh, us here. Don't pack that. It was our website. Go there. The links nice. to all the picks will be there. So make sure you check that out, as well as all the episodes. Of course, you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts. We're on all the major platforms. And you can follow us at Up for Debate Show on Twitter and emails Up for Debate uh, Show. Don't panic show at gmail.com. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore because uh, it's late and we got to wrap it up here. So on behalf of Colby and Dan, thanks for joining us, not just tonight, but for 299 other episodes. We, of course, appreciate it. We're going to be back for 301 next week. So make sure you come back and we'll see you then for another Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.